And welcome back to the Retail Maverick Show Uncut with me, Andrew Busby, your host. And I'm delighted to say that uh, we've got somebody on uh, today who has crawled from his hospital bed to be here. But uh, maybe uh, he'll say as much or as little about that as he wants to. Um, somebody who knows everything there is to know about stores, um, John Ryan. Welcome, John. Uh, many thanks for inviting me, Andrew. Um, yeah, um, not much to say about the cycling thing other, other than um, don't wear light crap and don't cycle fast. If you do that, you'll probably be okay. <laughs> uh, if, if you choose to wear them, expect to be hospitalised at some stage. <laughs> there you go. That's a warning for every cyclist out there. But um, moving on from that, uh, before we get into what we're, you know, we're going to talk, uh, as people uh, might imagine, about stores today. But before we do that, just tell us a little bit about yourself and, um, yeah, the, the, the business that I know you've been, you've been running for a good number of years now. Yeah, sure. Um, it's called New Stores. And it started life in 2018 when I looked around and just thought, actually, there's nobody out there who produces a daily update of what's new globally and interesting in terms of new stores, hence the rather corny name. Um, and so I got a few people to sign up, retailers, and much to my surprise, more signed up. So I've now got everybody from John Lewis through to Sainsbury's by way of Marks and Spencer's, Primark and so on. And they all read it every day. And I know they do because I get the analytics. Um, so uh, in essence, it's uh, 200 words and a load of pics times two. In other words, two new stores every morning of the week, Monday to Friday. Wow, that's some that's some going. So, and presumably they are uh, they signed up because they want to get ideas, inspiration, this sort of thing. And do do you ever get any feedback from from them? Yeah, from time to time. Um, sometimes they say that's really interesting. Sometimes they'll say, "My God, I'm glad we didn't do that." <laughs> um, and actually, fortunately, rather more of the former than the latter, because um, <clears throat> I try to ensure and you do a little bit of editing of content that um, what you're putting out there there is a reason for it being out there rather than it just being a nice store or here's something wacky because that's pointless because anybody can do that to be honest yeah yeah sure and we see a lot of um, I mean I always um, uh, you know I'm, I'm fascinated by the whole concept of flagship stores and what yeah. you know yeah. chains but I always remember I'm sure you do because I think you, you visited uh, when Debenhams uh, revamped their store at Watford and I yep. think that was all the the beauty and so on and so forth and right. I thought well that looks great but it's only really going to be of any use if it gets rolled out and of course it wasn't and that was just before the demise yeah um, yeah I mean also I have a slight misgiving about the term flagship because where I come from <laughs> there's a fleet and then at the front of the fleet there's a flagship not a fleet of flagships, which is what you kind of come across in a lot of instances with big retailers these days. Yeah, no, exactly. So let's let's talk about um, stores, and I want to you know, uh, hear from you about um, you know what what you've yeah. seen around the world. So not just UK. Let's let's no. go go around the world a bit, and and what you think it, you know what good looks like really. Well, I mean, good good takes various forms. Um, 
I'm uh, a real fan of M&S at the moment and uh, I gave a talk recently and one Stuart Machen, chief exec, was in the audience and I showed one of his stores and he cheered. And he, <laughs> and he had good reason to cheer, to be fair. It was the M&S Food Hall in Battersea Power Station. And apart from the fact that it happens to be located in an absolutely gobsmackingly beautiful building in a sort of modern neo-brutalist manner, um, it's, it's, the great thing about it is it's digital, but it doesn't feel digital. So you can go right. in there, you can play with the wine tasting, you can try the coffee, all that sort of stuff, using digital dispensers. But it's a shop. And I, yeah. I like shops. And it has the feeling of a market, and that's very popular, obviously, in food retailing at the moment. So for me, good food retailing looks like a shop with added added goodies, if you like. And most of those added goodies you can't see um, if the retailer is any good. Um, by contrast, if you're looking at fashion, you don't have to go too far. You can nip, out, nip across the channel to Paris, um, go to the Champs-Élysées, and look at Zara there. Um, it's huge. It's a marble palace. It's the store as a gallery, is mm. the way I would phrase it. So, you know, yeah, they've got some quite nice clothes in there. They always do. Um, but you feel like you're wandering around a contemporary art gallery rather than a, a clothing repository. Um, and it, the effect is it slows you down a bit. It makes you look at your surroundings and appreciate them a bit more than you might otherwise do. And yes, they too have digital, but they don't shove it at you. There was a time not so very long ago, and it's still done by some, when digital, to a certain extent, meant putting lots and lots of uh, monitors or tellies in front of people, <laughs> or on the basis that if you put enough tellies in front of people, they'll buy something. Well, actually, um, experience has taught quite a lot of people, from Burberry right the way through to the uh, former Debenhams, that people go to shops to go shopping and to look at shops, not to look at television or monitors or any other form of flat screen. Um, and if they, if they want to look at flat screen, they can do that at home. So uh, there's been a, a bit of a renaissance in shops as shops. And you could say the same with Primark, any new Primark almost anywhere at the moment. They're not big on digital at all. They've only just started doing click and collect in select stores. But the stores don't have to look good. So if you nip down to Madrid and the Gran Via there. I've been there. Yep, yeah. I know exactly what you mean. Yeah. That, that, that's eight years old. Yeah. 2015. And you walk in there and you still think, wow, they've done a good job with the space here. It's an old theatre, um, as you know, and it's on many, many levels. And I never thought I would find myself saying, I lent out into the void over over the balustrade so I could take my photo in a Primark. Yeah. Back in the day, I wouldn't have said that. But now mm -hmm. I have to say that of almost any Primark that you could mention, and they're very clever because they are the same everywhere. They roll out a particular way of doing things, but they are different everywhere because they do enough to locate themselves in their locale, if you forgive the phrase. Um, so if you go to, I don't know, Belfast, which opened back in the last year, after it burnt down a few years back, and they, mm. they spent a fortune doing it up. Um, and they've opened up the top of the building. It's an old Victorian bank building in uh, red brick, or red, red sandstone, actually. Um, 
and you look at the interior upstairs it's a thing of light and beauty they really made a good job of giving you a reason to travel up through the store and at every yeah. floor, there's a reason for doing so and you could say the same i suppose when i was in tokyo just around christmas um and was on the ginza and went into the biggest uniqlo in the world which is 12 floors it takes you about um nine minutes to ride from uh, top to bottom using the escalators um but on every level they have put a different thing to capture your attention so it could be bespoke suits when was the last time you wandered into um a uniqlo to buy yourself a bit of bespoke tailoring you don't normally um when you get to the top it's a brilliant cafe and because you're up so high they've opened it up again much like uh primark have done in belfast and giving you a view out over the Ginza while you have your nice Japanese coffee or tea or whatever. Um, it's pretty special. And they've even put a museum in there. You know, when you wander into uh, any Uniqlo, they always have those T-shirts with works mm. of them. Yeah. They've got a sort of back catalogue of those, Andrew. And um, there are about, they're in excess of 200 of them. And they're all in a sort of, museum on one of the floors the whole of the floor is given over to t-shirts and the designs and you can buy them and they vary wildly in price from a, a, a few a few thousand yen to uh lots and lots of money um so that's that's kind of what i think mm. and finally if i were going to think of good i'd think of sydney and melbourne my partner's aussie so i go there fairly regularly um and I think of Aldi and again a bit like Primark back in the day you would never have said I will go to Aldi mm -hmm. to, feel, to feel good about life I'll go there for cheap prices for sure um, but you go into the corner shops so-called in both of those big cities and it doesn't feel anything like a discounter they've done it uh, market style in much the same way as M&S have done in Bastley Power Station they have um, played around with the graphics, which are abstract bits of art, across the whole of the perimeter freeze and in the mid shop. So they, they've done something just to make you stop and look. No. Oh yeah, and they've made their made their checking out uh, a bit more straightforward. Than it is. Uh, you mean they don't throw the uh, products at you? Now you you mentioned there. I just want to quickly go go back to it. Um, you mentioned um, gallery and iconic buildings. Now, I don't know if you've been, I, I went uh, a number of weeks ago to have a look at RH England, uh, yeah, yeah. Banbury. Um, yeah. Now, I, I did a piece on that and, and I thought, yeah, yeah, yeah. This, this is a furniture shop, but of course it's not. It's in a grade one listed stately home. Yeah. Um, it was all very beige. And hopefully that California vibe will will uh, evolve as they learn about uh, you know the British European market. But I just thought that what they were doing there again, kind of going on from what you were describing there about the Primark and so on and so forth in uh, the Grand Vera and what have you, it was just so. I mean, you you drive up and there's a valet to park your car for goodness sake, yeah, yeah. and you walk in and there's a concierge who tells you all about the place and so forth it was just an amazing memorable experience it, it, and it is and to an extent um it's 
almost over the top. They, um, mm-hmm. if you go to the one in New York, down in Soho, um, and head up to the top, fourth floor, I think it is, um, much like the one in Bam or near Banbury, they've got a bar, and on a Friday night, you can have yourself a very nice glass of Merlot and perch on one of the oh-so-cream-looking leather sofas. <laughs> and the temptation to accidentally spill a glass of wine all over it, that, <laughs> you know, you can't help yourself. Um, I do kind of wonder, um, in this country in particular, given all that's going on economically, whether there is the appetite for something at that particular level, because it ain't cheap. Um, no. No, I, I got the brochure and had a quick flick through it. And although they were telling me that they were thinking about uh, ferrying people up from London, maybe helicoptering them, getting them over from Bista Village. But I, I think it's great, but I think it's a huge risk. Uh, I think you are entirely correct. Um, and OK, they have the massive advantage of having a 16th, sorry, 17th century stately home that they've set up shopping. Yeah. Um, but there are a few guarantees it, it is a major punt for want of a better word absolutely yeah yeah now we've got um about a minute and a half left as you know we always keep it to like to keep it to 15 minutes because people haven't got much attention span these days yep. so wanted to get your thoughts quickly uh, on the role of technology in store because we hear a lot about this and so on and so forth but well, what are your views john okay really straightforward i think tech's great providing you don't see it providing it's there for a purpose um, when I start seeing things, I'm afraid, like Amazon just walk out, that's a problem that probably wasn't there, and therefore they're closing stores in the UK, Amazon Fresh. Um, so tech, yeah, it has its place, um, and it can make shopping a lot better than it is, but it shouldn't be shoved in your face. And I was talking about tellies. I mean that very, very strongly. Don't put too many monitors in your store because people want to look at the stock. It's lazy, isn't it, uh, it doing is. that? You know? It's too easy. You think, you know, well, what are you hiding? The other thing, uh, well, we've got 30 seconds. Um, artificial intelligence, obviously huge at the moment. Everybody's talking about it. AI in store. Um, I don't know enough about it. I'm not a technologist. Mm. Um, I do know that everybody says it's either a brilliant thing or it'll be the death of us all. Um, <laughs> I honestly don't know, Andrew, so I'm not going to try and positive view on it i think that's actually a great answer because i don't think anybody knows they they pretend that they do uh but none of us really know how that is all going to pan out and the other thing i think is that i think there are too many who think it's going to be the silver bullet yeah it's Um, not no 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 well that's not such a positive note to end on however i think it's a realistic one uh and uh john thanks so much um been brilliant listening to you talk about stores and what uh, your idea of good is from around the world. Thanks very much. John Ryan. Thanks for inviting me, Andrew. Been a pleasure.